0: Welcome to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats, the show for fishermen by fishermen. Today's show is brought to you by Enigma Fishing. Cast, catch, repeat. Visit Anderson, South Carolina, home of beautiful Lake Hartwell. Phoenix Boats, experience the difference. And by the Bass Anglers Sportsman Society. Now here's lifetime BASS member, Tom Abraham.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Phoenix Post Bassmaster Radio. I am Tom Abraham, your guide for the next hour as we feature the Bassmaster Elite Series and those looking to get into that exclusive group through the BassPro.com Open Series and the up on the Carhartt Bassmaster College Series presented by Bass Pro Shops and the tens of thousands of Bass Nation anglers around the country competing on the local level all with a chance to advance to the big leagues of professional fishing. The Bass Nation operates youth, high school and college programs including a Junior Bassmaster Championship, a High School National Championship, the College National Championship and the College Bracket leading to the Bassmaster Classic. The Bass Nation is at the grassroots of who we are. And for more information on how to become a member or to start a Bass Nation club, visit bassmaster.com and click on the Nation tab. The best way to communicate with the show, to post your pictures or tell us your stories or just comment on the show is to visit our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash BASS or on Twitter at Bassmaster and use the hashtag BassRadio. You can also listen to all the shows at Bassmaster.com forward slash radio or just hit the watch button at Bassmaster.com and click on Bassmaster Radio. Kicking off today's show, Bass CEO Bruce Aiken will join us to discuss the plan for this season's elite season, which is on pause during the coronavirus pandemic. What has not paused is the spring fishing season, and maybe one of the safest places to be is out there on the water catching these fish that are on the move right now. So right now, you'll find a bunch of how-to articles at Bassmaster.com. And speaking of how-to, I had the opportunity to fish the Eastern Open At Toho this past January with Randy Blockett and I watched him masterfully work a jerkbait with a spinning rod. Now this is a deadly technique and Randy is on today to tell us how he does it. Then you know everyone always says no one remembers who finished second at the Bassmaster Classic. Well we know who finished second and he won over $50,000 doing it. It was longtime pro. Todd Auten. So he'll join us a little bit later on in the show to talk about how he did that at Gunnersville and what his thoughts are for the season coming up. So plenty to get into today on Bassmaster Radio, and I think you're going to enjoy it as we do a little bit of technique of the week and look forward with Bruce Aiken and Todd Auten. So grab a cup of coffee and jump on board as we pull this show away from the dock. This is Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Show your passion for the sport of bass fishing by becoming a BASS member today. Tom Abraham here, and one of the best moves I ever made was becoming a BASS lifetime member in 1981. Knowing that I'm a member of Bass Fishing's largest, most influential community is not only rewarding, but important to the future of our sport. Of course, the magazine is great, as are all the benefits. Join or renew your membership and receive a free gift pack for one year, five year, and lifetime memberships. Visit BassMaster.com and click on join for details. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company and what he, Teresa Johnson and the rest of the team at Phoenix boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me. It's time to experience the Phoenix difference. If you haven't visited EnigmaFishing.com lately, you are missing out on some of the greatest deals in the industry. Tour-level rods and reels at everyday fisherman prices. How? Well, they eliminate the middleman and sell directly to you. And now, in addition to tremendous rods and reels, Enigma has a full line of sunglasses and accessories and some of the coolest clothes around. Check out the new Torch baitcasting reel as well. Lightning fast with an 8.1 to 1 gear ratio and pretty cool looking as well at a price too good to believe. Visit EnigmaFishing.com today.
0: This is Bassmaster Radio. For tournament results, how-to articles and videos, or to become a member, visit Bassmaster.com. Now back to Tom Abraham.
1: And welcome back, Phoenix Boats, Bassmaster Radio. And as promised in the Open, we're going to get things started with the boss, uh, Bruce Aiken, the CEO. I usually don't talk to him this many times, but, you know, uh, these are unique times and uh, unique circumstances that we are in. And they've been uh, working with uh, various authorities and, and different towns and so on. And adjusting the schedule for the upcoming uh, tournaments that are on the schedule. And it's more than the elites. It's all of the Opens and the college and the high school and everything else. So I thought let's reach out to the boss. And he graciously joins us once again, Bruce Aiken. Bruce! Welcome in. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I've been better, but uh, <laughs> you know, these are unprecedented times, and but uh, challenging times for the whole country and the world, uh, really. Uh, but... Uh, uh, you know, the good things, we still got that uh, fishing outlet where people can uh, talk about social uh, distancing uh, and isolation uh, out in the middle of the lake and boat fishing uh, is, is a good place to be
1: yeah. uh, these days. Yeah, and uh, it's at springtime. We know it's springtime because the grass is growing and the trees are blooming and everything is happening and, and the fish, um, you know, they're not definitely not self-quarantining. They're out there because I went out for three hours the other day, caught six fish and was very happy uh, uh, doing it. So uh, you know, for the 550000 members of uh, the bass angler sportsman society this is a great time to be out fishing and and uh, learning about a bunch of different techniques and so on it's uh it's just the tournament that makes it kind of uh tough to deal with right now
2: yeah yeah it is uh, but uh like you said uh you know we're trying to put a lot of basic information out now uh, online and encourage people to get out uh, and fish while we're sort of on hold uh with the tournament season but uh uh you'll you know, we're uh we're committed to do what we can. Every intention is to complete the season. It might be a little bit later, uh, but um, you know, we're we're still confident that uh, uh also that we need to do our part mm-hmm. as citizens, uh country to uh not uh, do what we can not to spread the uh uh, the virus and, and and that kind of thing, and that it, it sort of seems to me like an invisible kind of thing. You really don't know yeah. you've got it. You've got it, and you know take all the precautions. We're uh, most of our, our folks are working you know remotely now, but we're we're still open uh, for business, trying to you know c- continue to. You know, feed content to the masses that are hungry for it. And, uh, as a reading article about, uh, you know, ESPN and what they're doing to try to, you know, fill programming hours. Of course, we've offered up that we've got plenty of yeah. <laughs> hours of uh, fishing content to put out there as well. So, um, so, you know, it will go on. And, uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we're living in, uh, uh, unprecedented times, and uh, but uh, you know we think we just got to stay in communication with all, all of our anglers and fans, and and, uh, and do what we can to make as much positive out of it uh, uh, as we can, and we're we're confident that that we will. Uh, uh, yeah, we may be doing it uh, uh remotely a little bit differently uh fortunately we have all these electronic uh means that we can uh work with now and uh, uh still be in communication yeah you know, well,
1: well. And, and you know, no disrespect to any other circuits or anything, but Bass was the leader in, in making moves uh, early with their schedule. And let's face it, thousands of people show up to a Bassmaster Elite event between the expo and the weigh-ins and everything else. So it was, uh, uh, it was a prudently responsible thing to do. It's not about necessarily the fishermen who are out in boats by themselves on the lake. You, know, you could do that. I mean, there are ways to do that. Um, but it's all those people that want to go and enjoy these events. Um, the other thing that is kind of interesting is – you know, fall fishing is great. And this year you had made adjustments to the schedule that had everything pretty much wrapping up in late August, which was earlier than ever before, really. And if it comes to past where you have to use, say, October, uh, you know, as uh, to, to complete the season, you still have all of that that time open. So it's kind of serendipitous that kind of September and October are wide open. And that's great fishing time all around yeah.
2: the country. Yeah, it is. And that's what we're talking to you know, host about, uh, you know, contingency planning, really. Uh, you know, nobody knows yet uh, what's going on. We're looking now at our uh, April uh, and May uh, tournaments. Hopefully we can still get those in. But, you know, if we don't, you know, what are potential dates on down the calendar? Uh, you know, you get into most places, uh, July, August, uh, you know, the heat, uh, and that's typically when we're up north anyway, but then, right. you know, fishing comes back uh, pretty well, and, you know, May uh, is still good, uh, you know, and then, and, like I said, September, October, uh, we'll cycle back to some more good fishing at some of the venues we've got, uh, some, you know, we may or may not, hopefully we won't have to, you know, change anymore, uh, but, uh, you know, it appears we'll, you appears know, we got to keep Keep an eye on it. We've got a uh, you fall off elite coming up week after next, and we've you know said we'll make a call next Thursday. Uh, as late as we can, really, before people start traveling on uh, whether we 'll have that or not we're looking at contingency planning how we might do tournaments differently um, you know for, for the foreseeable future you know as you said to be without fans uh, you know it's probably you know without you know marshals uh, for a little while so we're looking at how how can we still conduct the tournaments uh, and, and and get them in but keep everybody safe because we do have you know marshals we've got uh, our uh, staff at sponsors and their uh staff, service crews. Right. Uh, you know, on down the line, uh, beyond uh, the anglers, uh, you know, as we said before, uh, you, you know, the anglers will fish. If if we say go fish, they'll go fish and then want to, and and it's also their livelihood as well. And uh, we we recognize that and want to get them back on the water as soon as we can. And in the meantime, you know, we've uh, uh, deferred uh, deposits and entry fee payments and that kind of thing. We we just we told the elite anglers we're going to go ahead and pay kind of the you know minimum payout that we pay you know uh, is you know we pay all the way down the field so we're going to go ahead and advance that uh since uh oh, wow. we'll be having Chickabaga this week so uh, we're trying to do things like that to help uh people uh i know the government is you know trying to do things as well but uh uh, just to, uh, you know, I try to keep uh, uh, things afloat uh, best we can. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and uh, and certainly some of the guys have told me that they, you know, if a couple of tournaments end up in the summer, you know, they like a tough tournament, you know, it's a uh-huh. it's, 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 right. yeah, we know that this is the prime time to go and load up at, at certain <laughs> places, but, you know, it's kind of cool, too, to get out there and, and figure <laughs> it out when, when things are a little tough. All right, before I let you go, um, <laughs> the coronavirus threat was already hanging over everybody's head, yet 130,000 people almost showed up in Birmingham for the classic, what a stunning turnout for Classic Fifty uh, under the circumstances! It was uh, it, it was really something to see.
2: It was, and you know we were you know, uh, fortunate to get it in, and uh, you know we were on the front end of it and uh, probably a week or two later we wouldn't have gotten it in but uh, yeah we're very fortunate on that it was a great 50th classic it was a record in the state of Alabama the 13th time in the 50 years it was in Alabama and we beat the previous record by like 35% or so so uh, we were pleased with it had a lot of great events throughout the week we kicked off the New Kayak Series uh, and had the second event last weekend so we were you know uh, Pleased with the turnout, a lot of effort put into it, a lot of uh, legends there. Uh, we had a you know, set up in the Bassmaster booth that kind of showed the whole history of the classics. Yeah. And we recognized a lot, of, you know, the classic uh, uh, winners that were able to you know come and be there. It uh, had a good turnout of, of, of those as well. Uh, the expo was dynamic, uh, every day. We had a couple of new rooms that we haven't used in the past and I think people, you know, eventually found those and uh business was bustling for the exhibitors. So uh, all in all, uh, you know, we were excited about it. We had the get hooked on fishing kids thing, the first, you know, best casting kit, uh, uh Hugh, Casper Kids Humanitarian Award. Uh, that was uh, presented by Clay Dyer uh, to a standing ovation, um, and and so uh, just all in all it was great. It benefited childrens of Alabama here. Uh, how much more timely could that have been? Right. Uh, you know. So uh, so we were you know we were really uh, pleased about it and happy about it. And you know the fishing was uh, uh, good. Uh, Hank kind of you know ran away with it, but he had to keep catching them. Because yeah. he has a good good good. Uh, anglers on his heels yeah,
1: no doubt the lake showed yeah. out uh, for sure for the 50th uh, Bassmaster oh, right. classic bruce aiken has been our guest the ceo of uh, bass bruce i appreciate you taking some time i know you're very busy right now but uh, i appreciate you sharing this, the, what's going on with our listeners Okay. Thanks, Tom. All right. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, we do Technique of the Week with Randy Blockett. How do you jerkbait with a spinning reel? Well, he's going to tell us next right here on Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Visit Bassmaster.com and click on Sweepstakes for your chance to fish with Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year Scott Canterbury. The Sweepstakes winner receives round-trip airfare within the continental United States, a three-night hotel stay, car rental, and $500 in cash. The winner will also receive an incredible prize package that includes a Skeeter ZX190W boat with a Yamaha Show 150 engine plus other great prizes bringing the total value to over $52,000. Sign up at Bassmaster.com forward slash sweepstakes.
3: From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play or sail or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visit lakehartwell.com. Show your
1: passion for the sport of bass fishing by becoming a BASS member today. Tom Abraham here, and one of the best moves I ever made was becoming a BASS lifetime member in 1981. Knowing that I'm a member of Bass Fishing's largest, most influential community is not only rewarding, but important to the future of our sport. Of course, the magazine is great, as are all the benefits. Join or renew your membership and receive a free gift pack for one year, five year, and lifetime memberships. Visit BassMaster.com and click on join for details.
0: This is Bassmaster Radio. Watch Bassmaster live at Bassmaster.com and on ESPN3 during every Elite Series event. Now back to Tom Abraham.
1: And hey, welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio, and a little technique of the week time now. It's jerkbait time out there, and you know I had the opportunity at uh, kissimmee at the eastern open to fish with randy blockett and i saw this guy what a master he is with a jerk bait but he was doing it with a spinning rod now a lot of guys will throw those light jerk baits with a spinning rod and and the bigger jerk baits with a uh, bait caster but uh, he he throws all of his jerk baits with a spinning rod he's a master at it and he joins us now to talk about that technique randy welcome back to the show how are you Hey, thanks for having me. Doing good, man. I, I joked the other day, I, I had posted some social media from out on the lake saying that, you know, I was self-quarantining and there was no one fishing within six and a half feet of me, so I felt like I was in good shape.
4: Yeah, that's the best place to be right now, you know, so we're in good shape as long as they uh, keep the boat ramps open, but... I have a feeling uh, we'll still be sneaking into those lakes even if they do close them. And those of you that don't
1: know uh, Randy Blockett, he has won well over (laughs) a million and a half dollars on both the Bass and FLW circuits. Was uh, part of Bass for years and years and then jumped over to FLW and now working his way back to the elites through the Opens circuit. And uh, uh, before we get to our technique, of course, Louisville has been uh, postponed. We're going to use that word right now. And then you know, kind of worried about Cherokee and Eastern (laughs) Open, which is coming up the first week of May, and uh, I'd imagine that everybody's just kind of champing at the bit to get back out there competing. It'll be interesting to see whether these uh, tournaments are able to be rescheduled or whether or not they'll just be totally canceled.
4: Yeah, it's, you know, we've had a big break in between. I I have never had a two-month break in this time of year like we've had after the Eastern Open in Florida, so I think everybody is really looking forward to getting back at it uh, next week, but, you know, it's like i said everybody's in the same boat with it so we'll just uh be patient and see how it plays out
1: yeah that's a great point uh let's talk a little bit about this um you know uh, jerk baiting with a spinning outfit first of all talk about the outfit itself the, the the rod that you like to use in terms of stiffness and so on and the and the line that you'll use when you're jerk baiting with a spinning rod
4: well like i said i i've been doing this now for man probably 10 years i guess and i you know, growing up here in Missouri, you know, I've been fishing jerkbaits for 40 years. I mean, back when it was, we were way the old Spoonbill Rebels. So, I've I've seen the technique evolve. And since I I live here in the Ozarks, you know, it's just a big big technique. And I've had a chance to really spend so many hours, you know, really trying to perfect that technique. And and about 10 years ago, with after experimenting with it, I just realized that that spinning gear is. It's so much more efficient as far as how to fish that bait, as far as the casting, um, manipulating the lure, imparting action on it, being able to go down to the lighter lines. But I basically got two different setups on it. I've got I use two different rods. I use the Megabath uh 611 Whip Snake, which is a, uh, a fairly stiff butt and it's got a medium tip, uh, medium, a fairly soft medium tip. And I'll use that like on all the the uh, like the mega bass one, the 110s the X80s and the smaller jerk baits um, because you know it just allows me like I said to, to probably cast I'm going to guess 20 percent further than what people could with a bay caster. Mm-hmm. and I can drop down to that six and eight pound test line which I prefer during particularly during the winter time of the year you know I use six pound test line probably 75 80 percent of the year uh, time during the winter time. And if I'm using the bigger jerk baits, now a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I, what if you go to like, you know, the larger sizes? So if I go to like to the, the 110 Magnum or the Edo Shiner or some of the, the bigger jerk baits, like if you use Smithwick Rogues, like the Magnum Rogue, the, you know, the Perfect 10, those bigger jerk baits, I'll still use the spinning rod, but I'll upgrade to Mega Bass Mix 1, the 7 foot rod called the Shaky Head Special that has a little bit faster tip and it allows you a little bit more power. In those heavier jerk baits, so um, that, that's the, that's my two main setups for rod wise.
1: And, and you're not using your straight fluorocarbon on that, right? You're not using any uh, um, any braid. I, I noticed uh, when I fished with you and you were doing <laughs> it, it was it was pretty much uh, the whole reel is just loaded with the fluoro.
4: Yeah, you don't want to when you're jerk bait fishing. There's no need to use the braid to fluoro because the bait is not. It, it you can't make the same presentation with the bait. It doesn't lay the same in the water um the, the twitches that you have on the rod are are actually you can overwork the bait with braid because you don't have the stretch on there so a straight fluorocarbon i use a sea Garden and BIS-X, anywhere between six to twelve pound test line depending upon you know the depth i'm trying to attain and the cover that i'm fishing around um but straight fluorocarbon is the way to go with jerk bait fishing by far now, so, now some of the guys you know some of the some of the Ozark guys around here that still use the bait casters will even go to monofilament. They want a little bit more, even more stretch. Right. But I'd highly recommend everybody to not use the braid fluorocarbon on on jerk
1: baits. Yeah, I know I like to use the mono, <laughs> one, but, I, but I use it with a bait caster. Now, um, it, it, it you have to be committed to retying. I notice you have to retie. You know, you do retie quite a bit. Part of it's the light line. Part of it is the spinning outfit because let's be honest that you know you do get a little bit of that uh, you know twist that line twist and so on is there anything you do to deal with that do you use any kind of a product to help with the line twist or it's just something you just resign yourself to the fact that you're going to retie uh you know as often as possible
4: yeah i think you saw a little bit of that when we fished together toho that's sort of the uh thing we have to accept on that but there's a couple things you can do first of all you know make sure that your line comes off the spool or goes on the reel the same way it comes off your line spool that's real critical with that Make sure you have you load that reel with tension when you when you put the line on, and you can even help it out more if you put that line in a bucket of water because uh, that that'll sort of take that memory away from it. Other than that, you can use line conditioner a little bit; it'll help out. And another thing is, do not fill your reel, you know, too full. I, wow. I like to leave like anywhere between a sixteenth to an eighth inch gap on the uh, on the on the reel on the reel itself, and that that'll prevent it. And another thing is just sort of make a visual check because the the times that you get the fluff are the times that normally you have an existing loop in your in your reel. So just if you just make sort of like a visual before you make your cast, uh, that'll eliminate a lot of that. But th- that's that's sort of the price you pay. For using that technique, but you know the the, uh, the advantage far outweigh, you know any inconvenience that, that that will cause.
1: Randy Blocker with us talking about jerk baiting with a spinning rod. What about you know a lot of us like to throw a jerk bait up against a bluff wall and sometimes target it and and use some of those uh, areas. Do you find that you can still have that accuracy? I know I personally struggle a little bit sometimes with the spinning outfit, uh, you know, having that accuracy when you let it fly near a wall and it's like, oh gosh, I think I just threw it six feet up on the shore.
4: Well, yeah, you can, you know, the, the big key on that, you know, you, is, is learn to cast two-handed with your spinning rods because you can, you can generate so much more power and accuracy with a two-handed cast. And, um, I, you know, every, you know, I, I operate an instructional jerkbait service here in, in Missouri and I, almost every single person I take out that has, never fish the spinning rod will wind up using it, uh, you know, after we go out because the, just the advantage is the longer cast. Yeah. Once you get that bait down in the sweet spot, the deepest part that the bait actually runs, you can actually control and you can manipulate and you can finesse that jerk bait a lot better with a spinning outfit because this time of year when I'm, when I'm working a jerk bait, when it's at the, its the deepest point, I'm not using what most people consider the jerk, jerk paws. I'm almost like crappie fishing with it. I'm sort of like barely reeling it, pulling it, and you have so much better feel with a spinning rod than you could ever do with a bait caster on that. And on th- and another thing is like is back reeling. You know, when you're when you're dealing with jerkbait fishing with light line in the wintertime, um yeah. I never use a drag, I always back reel and you can't do that with bait casting outfits You can you can free spool it, yeah, but um yeah. when you're dealing with fish that are barely hooked, uh, you know, on jerk bait fishing, spinning reel will allow you to back reel and you land a lot more of those fish.
1: Yeah, and I saw Randy land some pretty good-sized fish doing that. Uh, he finished 18th at uh, Kissimmee, largely with that uh, jerk bait over open water grass. I, now, now here was an experience I had. I, I of course I got back and uh, I immediately tied on a couple of jerk baits onto spinning outfits. I went out to to do it to use that uh, technique. And I realized that it was the opposite hand because I used it jerk, your pause, jerk, your pause, you know, with a bait casting outfit. And I'm doing that with my, my right hand. And then I realized, wait a minute, I hold the spinning wheel on my left hand. And it yeah. felt so weird. I mean, I guess it's something you just got to go out and work on. But it, it, it was it was at first, it's really kind of difficult because you're switching hands in a, in a technique that you've been doing for years, maybe, you know, with the other hand.
4: Yeah, it's all, and you know, that's why I always tell everybody, I said, you know, jerkbait fishing is the most difficult technique to master because you have so many controlled and uncontrolled variables, and you put the action on the bait yourself. It's not like a crankbait or a worm where you throw it out there and just, you know, work it back. I mean, you actually have to manipulate this bait, and once you once you get that feel for it, once you get that rhythm, particularly with a spinning rod, it feels super awkward. To pick up a bait caster. Like right now, when I throw a jerk bait on a bait caster, which I do maybe 5% of the time, like mm-hmm. if I'm fishing around, you know, I don't want the bait to go over a couple foot deep. I'm making short casts around, you know, objects like dock corners and stumps. Very So there's a very small window while I use that. But when I pick up a baitcaster now, it feels super awkward because I'm so comfortable with the spinning setup.
1: Wow, there you go. Uh, Randy Blockett talking about jerk baiting with a spinning outfit. All right, before I let you go, um you're running a Tim boat, another experiment, running a Ranger uh, uh, aluminum boat. And talk a little bit about that and how that has worked out, the, the pluses and minuses of it.
4: I, you know, back in when I was fishing, you know, bass full time, you know, we had smaller boats like we had the 18 foot Rangers. And back then, I I always tried to get in these hard to reach spots. And as the boats got bigger, I couldn't do that anymore. So the last couple of years I've been thinking about it, it's like, you know, I want to give this a try. I just want to try it for a season, see how it goes, try to get back in some of the skinny water. And it's been great so far. You know, we fished together out of a Toho. You remember? Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of my, excuse me my instructional trips on it. It's I'm just very comfortable with it. I love the way it's fishing. You know, it's uh, it, the only down, downside that you have about it is you don't have quite the, the quite the storage, so you have to be a little bit more creative with your packing. And it catches a little bit more wind, but the advantages of it, as far as the fishability of it, and just the you know that. Uh, the simplification of it. I'm, r- I'm really liking it, so I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season out of it.
1: Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to fish out of it, and, uh, and it certainly had some giddy-up, that's for sure. Randy Blockett uh, has been our guest. Randy, I appreciate you so much. Stay safe, and we'll see you sometime. We'll see you back out there at the uh, BassPro.com Bassmaster Open Circuit.
4: Okay, sounds good, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, we're going to break Thank in here. Right. We'll
1: come back with more right after this. Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham, and I, too, run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company, and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me, it's time to experience the Phoenix difference.
3: From dawn to midday to dusk, the sun's rays dance across the water and the sparkling light beckons. The abundant shorelines invite you to play, or sail, or simply behold. This is where champions fish and families gather to unwind. It's Lake Hartwell, and Anderson is the gateway to its wonders. Walk on a pier, float all day, and restore your soul in this beautiful oasis. Visit Anderson, South Carolina's bright spot. Discover more at visitanderson.com and visit lakehartwell.com.
0: Welcome back to Bassmaster Radio, presented by Phoenix Boats. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. Welcome back, Phoenix Boats,
1: Bassmaster Radio. And you know, they always say nobody remembers who finished second at the Classic. Well, I know who finished second at the Classic. It was Todd Utten who finished second at the Classic. Last week we talked to Hank Cherry about his victory. But you know what? Let's give a little love to the guy that finished second at the Classic. Made over $50,000. That's a good check. And it was the best tournament he ever had on Gunnersville. So he joins us now. Todd, welcome to the show. How are you?
5: I'm doing great. um how you been (laughs) i'm 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 fantastic
1: i've been i've been i've been like i've been telling people i've been self-quarantining by going out on the water i figure that's the safest place to be because there's never anybody within six and a half feet of me you know what i mean i just stay in the front of that boat and uh hang out on the water
5: that's what I told my wife. I said I'll just have to go fishing more often. Yeah, and she didn't kind of like that, but you know. <laughs>
1: well, you know the funny thing is the grass is still growing, the flowers are blooming, the trees are blooming, all this stuff is going on. I mean, then, the, nature's not going to stop, and and even though our tournaments, whether they're the club level, uh, the or the uh, or the opens or the uh, elite series, you know, tournaments are being postponed like crazy. But that doesn't mean that the spring fishing season isn't hot as ever out there on those lakes, and and folks got to stay out on there, get out and take advantage of this. even if uh, you're not going to get a check for it at least you're going to get your line stretched
5: yeah i mean that's the best place to be you you know um you could be out there by yourself all day and you never see another guy out there um to get close to you you know probably another 100 yards anyway so it's it's a good good place to be and you know it takes your mind off everything else
1: well, let's talk about the uh, the classic. It was a surreal scene, even with the threat of uh, the coronavirus and everything else. There was 130,000 people that showed up uh, over the uh, three-day event at the Bassmaster Classic, and you guys went out there and and gave it the old college try. You were extremely consistent, 20 pounds day one, 18 day two, almost 21 on day three. But, man, Hank made that 29-3 on day one hold up, and it was just tough to – unless he totally crashed and burned, it was going to be tough to track him down.
5: Yeah, it was. I mean, everybody, you know, after that first day, they kind of knocked all the wind out of everybody's sail. And, uh, of course, you know, Gunnersville, being will, you could pull up to a place and, and bust one of those 30-pound bags. And, you know, that's what kept everybody going, even though we was all, you know, just fishing for second place, really.
1: Yeah. Well, you can also have one of those 7- or 8-pound bags, though, right? I mean, because we saw that happen to some guys. Hunter Shryock had, you know, uh, just under 19 pounds day one, had uh, 8 pounds on day two, and, and just caught one fish on, on day three. So we saw that happen with a number of guys, Greg De Palma, Cody Huff, some of the others that that struggled. Um, you know, so there was always that possibility.
5: Yeah, it, you know, that's, that's the thing. You know, when you got all that pressure, especially at last day um, – um, and I was fortunate to catch a good one right off the bat, and it kind of settles you down and everything. And I understood, you know, Hank, uh heard he had a slow morning, yeah. and that was probably just his nerves, you know. He just had to get one in the boat, and once he did, you know, things just started clicking for him.
1: Talk about the areas that you fished uh, because you did have this consistent, uh, you know, 58 pounds, 10 ounces over three days, which is going to win a lot of tournaments. But uh, just talk about the area that you were fishing in, uh you know, at Gunnersville.
5: Yeah, I mean, the first day um, we'd had a ton of rain the night before, and I was fishing in the back of Browns Creek
4: mm-hmm. and it
5: had al- already a lot of color. And um, and I was kind of concerned about that being real muddy. And then when I show up, it was I thought it was trashed, really. But I ended up catching, you know, a, like a three pounder, and then I caught that big fish at the tournament right there in that mud. And I was like, well, maybe you know I can sit here and squeak out a limiter or something with this big fish. But I quit getting bites after I caught that big fish, and so I just I left that kind of abandoned that deal and started running some docks. I caught one on the first dock, and I was like, man, they're going to be on this stuff. And I fished about 15 docks, nothing. So I run up to Honeycomb Creek. I had one spot there, but it was a savior. I had one bite there in practice, and I pulled up in the tournament and probably caught five or six pretty good fish real quick. And, you know, that gave me most of my weight added to that big fish. And that was my savior the first day. And then, you know, after that, the second day, I'm showing up at the same spot in Browns thinking, you know, it's still going to be muddy. But I had to go check it because I was close by. And when I showed up, the water looked beautiful in there, and it's pushed back. The mud was pushed back a little bit right beyond my spot. And, man, there was, it was just on fire, you know, that second day and the third day. Um, and it just cleared up just enough that I could still catch them on that chatterbait, And, and I caught a few on that, uh, red eye shad I was throwing back there too.
1: What kind of uh, depth did you have back there? What were you targeting depth wise?
5: <clears throat> I was probably sitting most of the time in about four or five foot of water and, you know, I had a, a little steeper drop, but went from three, four or five, you know, pretty quick right back there where I was fishing. And, um, uh, like I say, most time I was sitting probably four foot of water and you could use your power poles pretty easy mm-hmm. and, you know, still hit bottom good. And, but the grass, it, it was kind of scattered where I was getting the bites and it would come up to about a foot and a half from the surface. So, you know, you'd, you'd feel your bait it, and you'd just slow it down and let it fall on the other side of the clump. And that's usually when that hit the you know, hit the
1: bait. Talking about that chatterbait in a moment, uh, Todd Otten with us here talking about a second place finish at the Bassmaster Classic presented by Hook, the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic. And talk about that lipless crankbait, though, and, and technique there. Are you are you yo-yoing that stuff th- and ripping it through those weeds, or were you bringing it with a steady retrieve?
5: Um, you know, I was throwing it, and I'd, I'd let it go down just a little bit so it start in the grass. I wanted it to hit the grass or to get stuck in the grass so I could rip it loose. And um, it seemed like that eelgrass, if it was real thick, I mean, you wouldn't even hardly get it through there, and it would be almost like hung up. And so I figured, you know, I had to wind it more than I wanted to, a little bit faster. So that's what really keep me on on chatterbait because um, it's like, you know, that rattlebait was just hanging up a little bit too much in the grass and the chatterbait, I could work it through there slower and felt like I was giving them a better presentation and a chance to get the bait. Was, you know, sometimes I'd slap at the bait, miss it, and, and the water was still pretty cool, you know, for, um, for throwing a chatterbait. For me, I usually don't like to throw it in below 50 degree water, and, uh, you know, when we started practice, it was like 45, and I was still getting a few bites on it. So it was, uh, you know, usually a, a rattle bait is usually what I got in my hand when it's like that. But they hit the chatterbait good enough. I just stuck with it.
1: We, we know how effective the chatterbait can be around grass. Uh, you fish a lot of lakes that don't have as much grass as well, um, especially over in the Carolinas and so on. Do you use it in those situations as well? And just talk about your technique when you're using it.
5: Yeah, I mean, well, we don't have the grass, but we'll have, like, docks or or rocks. That's usually what I'm fishing here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you just got to – when you throw it in there, you just got to have a slower retrieve this time of year. And, you know, with, with the dock fishing, I always try to target hitting the poles. Um, and a lot of times I will hit – I'll try to throw it in there and hit the first pole – you know, so it'll, it'll bounce out a little bit, and if there's a fish there, he'll he'll hear it, and it'll trigger a bite. But, um, you know, you just you have to take it by how much water depth you got and the, the retrieve there. But I usually like to stay with like a half ounce instead of switching up to a, a three-eighths or mm-hmm. something in the shallower water. But um, I guess it's just a preference uh, or a feel I get with that half-ounce bait. Um, that I can keep it at the depth I want, you know, easier it seems like.
1: Yeah. Todd Otten with us here talking about uh, what he did to finish second at the Bassmaster Classic on uh, Gunnersville. Um, you know, red was the color they always say in the springtime at Gunnersville. It doesn't matter what color it is as long as it's some kind of red. And uh, you went there, you had that kind of orange-red-looking chatterbait that's really sexy-looking jackhammer chatterbait, and then, of course, the uh, the red-eyed shad uh, a- as well. Um we saw some guys doing some things also with the green pumpkin and and some of the more traditional colors. Uh, why do you think the fish react though so much to that red?
5: Well, I think where I was, you know, it was because of the water color. You know, was pretty the pretty dirty, um, especially the first day. But even the second day, you could only see down probably six eight inches in the mm-hmm. water. You know, and I think you know, I tried different colors and they wanted that red for some reason. Um, they could just find it better. And, you know, i tried the green pumpkin, the black and blue and white chartreuse, but they definitely wanted that red. Um, you know, cause I never called anything other than maybe one fish on a green pumpkin, the whole practice and everything. And the rest of them was on that red yeah. everywhere I went. So, but, you know, the lake, when we got there, practice was a lot dirtier, it seemed, than when the tournament got here. You know, some of the creeks muddied up a little bit from all that rain, but everywhere else, you know, there's pulling so much current through there, it just seemed to clear up quick. And, you know, it changed it changed that. And that's why some guys probably ended up catching them on the green pumpkin because, you know, their water was
1: clear and So, so yeah. So, to you, the the the, you got to go more natural when the water is clearer. You want to go the more stained it is, the more uh, bright that you go with uh, as far as that.
5: Yep, that's usually the rule of thumb, and and really, uh, you know, the red colors. I don't, I don't usually throw them a whole lot, not unless um. You know, fishing springtime. It just seems like they they like that red, or they don't like that red. They they hit it. You know, it's like they're trying to kill it or something. Yeah. But uh, you know, I don't know why that is. But you know, how red is in grass, especially. It seems like it's a better color when you got some stained water. Yeah, for
1: sure. They're out of stock, as usual, uh, right now. So, <laughs> yeah. so the big question is, how many did you have in that fire Firecraw color? Uh, were you chasing everyone down? At, if you hung up, you had to go get that thing.
5: Man, i tell you what. The, I went in several tackle stores while I was there, and nobody had one. And I had bought, had bought three before I left, and I used the same one every day. Luckily, I didn't lose any. But after... After the tournament, I'd let, you know, a couple of reporters have them to take pictures with, Yeah, which I hadn't ever gotten back yet, but I was like, they're probably gone. they sold them on eBay or something, but uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to get some last week because I was like, man, I might need that thing at Chickamauga when I go, before they canceled that tournament, and, and luckily a buddy of mine had two or three of them, uh. and he, he, he was going to let me borrow some, but I was getting back to him the other day, I said... Well, I don't think I'll be doing this for a while since uh you know, the canceling the lakes and you know, they might end up canceling Euphala, so wow. by then it it'll probably be a different deal. Yeah. You know. Yeah, maybe a totally on the chance bonus.
1: Yeah, not it could be a totally different tournament. What uh, by the time you guys get around to it. Well, congratulations on the second place finish, seventeenth at the St. John's, So you're off to a good start. We know the Elite Tour is going to get going again here at some particular point in time, and we wish you the best of luck for a big season.
5: Well, I sure appreciate it, all right. and all the fans out there for. All the good kind words that they've
1: said this week. All right, thank you, Ranger Pro Todd Otten, joining us there. All right, we'll come back and wrap it up next on Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Sign up for Rappala Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing. There's new prizes and more opportunities to win in 2020 with prizes for first through 20th place in each Elite event and the Bassmaster Classic. Plus, one grand prize winner will receive a fifteen thousand dollar Bass Pro Shop shopping spree, five thousand dollars cash, and a variety prize pack from Rapala, a total value of more than $20,000. Visit BassmasterFantasy.com to register and pick your team for the next event. Miss a tournament? Don't worry. You can still win prizes for every tournament. If you haven't visited EnigmaFishing.com lately, you are missing out on some of the greatest deals in the industry. Tour-level rods and reels at everyday fisherman prices. How? Well, they eliminate the middleman and sell directly to you. And now in addition to tremendous rods and reels, Enigma has a full line of sunglasses and accessories and some of the coolest clothes around check out the new torch bait casting reel as well lightning fast with an 8.1 to 1 gear ratio and pretty cool looking as well at a price too good to believe visit enigmafishing.com today At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham, and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company, and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at PhoenixBoats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me it's time to experience the Phoenix difference.
0: This is Bassmaster Radio. The fish are in the live well, and we're heading for the dock. Now, back to Tom Abraham.
1: Final segment of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio, and as we idle this show back to the dock, let's take a look at some news and notes from around the pond. Now, Marshall spots are still available for regular season Elite Series events for just $99 per tournament. We'll see what happens with the Marshall program, but you can go ahead and... reserve a spot as we speak. Now as part of this program at every tournament the participants will enjoy an exclusive dinner and a meet-and-greet with all of the elite anglers as well as receive official Bassmaster Marshall apparel and products from tournament sponsors visit Bassmaster.com forward slash elite for Marshall registration. Now the 2020 BassPro.com opens season is underway we've had one postponement we'll see again these tournaments will get fished so visit Bassmaster.com forward slash opens for all the info you need to get registered for this series it's the highest level that a co-angler can fish and it's a tremendous way to hone your skills to learn from the pros and maybe even make a few bucks as you compete against the other co-anglers i've competed for three years as a co-angler in this series and it is absolutely outstanding and this year's pro field is better than ever. So grab a co-angler spot now. And while you're at Bassmaster.com, click on the Sweepstakes tab for your chance to fish with Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year, Scott Canterbury. The Sweepstakes winner receives round-trip airfare within the continental United States, a three-night hotel stay, car rental, and $500 in cash. The winner will also receive an incredible prize package that includes a Skeeter ZX-190W boat with a Yamaha Show 150 engine, plus a other great prizes, bringing the total value to over $52,000. And while you're at Bassmaster.com, don't forget to sign up for a wrap of fantasy fishing. Each week's winner will win $4,000 in cash and prizes, $4,500 if you're a member of BASS, and this year over 190 places are paid for each event, and the grand prize is over $20,000 in cash and prizes. Just go to Bassmaster.com and click on fantasy for rules and to get in today and while you're at it join our bassmaster radio group where each event's winner will receive a rod and reel combo from enigma and then everyone who finishes ahead of me in each event is entered into a drawing for a prize package from our friends at VisitAnderson.com, rapala missile Bates, and phoenix boats just search bassmaster radio under the groups tab No sense looking at the upcoming tournament schedule right now because that is in flux, but we will tell you that if you missed any of this week's show, it's only just a click away at Bassmaster.com forward slash radio or just hit the watch button and click on Bassmaster Radio at Bassmaster.com. So until next time, keep those lines tight and nets heavy. I'm Tom Abraham, and this has been Phoenix Boats, Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network.